Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Capers 32, episode 28. This track is called Stick Man. Want to give a shout out to all the stick men in the world right now holding it down out there. Michael Rappaport, G. Moody, Gerald Moody, bless this beat. It's called Ballin'. Yeah. Go check out his SoundCloud. Because I'm a stick man. Moody Beats. Yeah. My name is Caper Lucero. I'm a stick man. You know that I got some shit planned. Fired a J-O-B, but that don't mean I'm shit can. Most of the ladies notice I got some big hands. Where them chicks at? I'm posted up like a kickstand. Looking for a big rack to show off my latest trophies. Hard body karate. These hotties just want to know me. Whether it's a hobby lobby or if I'm just getting groceries. Mind fucking with my eyes. Trying to get them to approach me. You don't know me. But if you're ever feeling lonely, tell your friends to get with my friends and we can all be homies. Let me be blunt. I get hungry when I I smoke weed, we can make cheese sticks, my loaf and your roast. Show me you go the distance, I've been known to run miles. Netflix and chill, I'm free for a month trial. I look young and I'm hung, ladies love my dumb smile. Let's make a love child, my fuck style is buck wild. Stick man, yeah, cause I'm a stick man, yeah. All right, this is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Uh, my name is uh, Michael Rappaport. <clears throat> this is the only non-fact-checking 
podcasts in the world. Uh, some people call me the Gringo Man Dingo. Some people call me White Mike. Some people call me Mr. White Folks. Um, the 2015-2016 podcast co-host of the year, G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. He's actually on vacation this week. He's in Cancun. Um, so I'm sure he'll come back with a lot of uh, stories, anecdotes. He'll be well-rested. Um well tanned, and uh, I, I can't wait to hear about the adventures of G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, in Cancun. Uh, a couple of people uh, and the podcast uh, um, fans, the Rapper Pack, who, who, that's what I call you all. Um, you call yourself that, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate the support. Um, we're asking <clears throat> what G. Moody's take on the last few days in the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast world. Have been. Um, I'm sure he'll have a lot to say. Um, but yeah, Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, is in Cancun. Um, <clears throat> I got my man Eli Lake. I got to call Eli Lake because uh, Eli Lake is the uh, official, unofficial political correspondent of the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, Eli uh, was shouted out in a tweet by Donald Trump. Weeks ago, bringing him to national attention. He works for Bloomberg. Um, very, very, very uh, respected writer, political voice. And he is the official, unofficial political correspondent of the show. And uh, I, I need him to explain uh, the Jeff Sessions uh, Russia situation. Like, why are we even fucking with Russia? Like, why are we even hanging out with Russia? Why is there any sort of conversations with Russia? And are there conversations with other countries, or is it just Russia? Again, I thought the 1980 Olympics, the miracle on ice, when we beat them in hockey, ended all this. I thought it was all done. Yet Russia and uh, D. Trump, Russia and uh, Jeff Sessions, and Russia and the United States government... Are, are, are mingling, and it keeps biting people in the ass. So Eli Lake is going to come on here uh, and break it down and, and, and help me understand, help the people understand in, in layman's basic terms what the fuck is our, our, our friendship, our association. Why are we hanging out with Russia? Like, are we getting cheeseburgers? Like, what is going on? You know, because when they, they, they drop the, the rumors of the freak-off tapes, the no-nos, the pornos, of, of, of D. Trump with the golden showers. Mm -hmm. Everybody was like, oh, that doesn't exist. That can't exist. D. Trump um, wouldn't do any, any no-nos with Russian hookers. D. Trump wouldn't do the golden showers. But, but it's like the closer we keep coming to the fire with Russia, with the Jeff Sessions and the other dude, the more reasonable... And more realistic it is to think that maybe there is a no-no, a porno, with D. Trump getting pissed on. I'm not saying there is or, or there isn't, but at this point, if that did come out, that freak-off tape, uh, would we be surprised at this point? That's, that's going to be my lead question for Eli Lake. Um, so we're going to get into this uh, right now. It's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. I'll be right back. All right, this is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, and I love blue 
Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. I'm eating Blue Apron meals, and if I can make Blue Apron meals, anybody can, because I don't consider myself a chef, but I'm cooking some good stuff at Blue Apron for me and my wife. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standard for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. The beef, chicken, and pork come from responsibly raised animals. You get to eat Blue Apron meals at your home. Blue Apron can be delivered to 99% of the continental U.S. and 99.5% of food desserts. Some of the meals that Blue Apron has coming up is salmon piccata with orso and broccoli, pork chops and miso butter with bok choy and marinated apple. Yo, the whole thing is guaranteed. Blue Apron's freshness guarantees it promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. Yo, you're going to love Blue Apron, okay? Check this week's menu out and get your first three meals free with shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Rappaport. That's blueapron.com slash Rappaport, R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everybody. A new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, so the Oscars went down. Now, I don't need to explain to you what happened at the Oscars if you didn't watch it, which I, I, I can't. You know, this year with the Oscars, I, 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 I stayed in the cut for three and a half hours. I, I also sat there and watched the pregame, the walk-in, the pregame to the pregame walk-in. And, man, by the time the Best Picture Award was, was announced, I was, like, ready to turn the shit off. And then all hell broke loose. We, 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 obviously, you've seen what happened. Um and I want to get into the Oscars. We had a little little problem with this fat, sloppy fuck uh, with the beard down in uh, Florida who uses the beard to cover up his jowls. He's obviously double-fisting pork dumplings. And uh, his man, John Wiener, um, who, 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 who must be ashamed of the fact that he's Jewish uh, because uh, I'm assuming his last name like Wiener, uh, John Wiener, um, uh, why aren't you calling yourself John Wiener? Um, and he may or may not be racist against Italians. He uses the moniker Stugatz. Um, these guys are popping shit on Twitter over the weekend. And they have a producer who went on Twitter and accused me of having herpes. Um, and I wanted to send out a personal invite for, for this, for this guy. Um, if, uh, you want to say I have herpes, why don't you, why don't you fly up here? Come see me. I'll hold you real nice. I'll make you feel nice, make you feel safe. We could get real intimate. And when the, uh, when the uh, swelling goes down and everything goes back to normal, I want you, uh, you let everybody know if, uh, if I actually got herpes. Um, but we're not going to really get into that. Um, but there was a little dust up over the weekend with this fat, sloppy fuck, um, donut eating. Uh, beignet bandit cupcake kid and his little crew but the oscars yo first of all i, I just want to remind everybody we at the iron rapport stereo podcast brought this whole stick man culture to the forefront 
Okay? We've talked about it over and over and over and over. We've talked about the greatness of Jeter in his prime. He's now a married man with a kid on the way. Talked about Dr. J. Wilt Chamberlain, great coxman. Uh, Burgess Meredith, of course, underrated, lesser-known coxman. Uh, Dominique Wilkins, at one point, owned the South. Fantastic stick man. Uh, but the one who sort of set the tone in Hollywood, you know, obviously the Leonardos, the Clooney's, I mentioned the Matt Dillons, the Benicio Del Toro's, great coxman, fantastic stick man. But the, the person who was at the center, Warren Beatty. Now, 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 for those of you who don't know, you saw an older gentleman up there sort of stuttering and stammering um, and reading the, the, uh, the wrong envelope that was given to his hand. First of all, Warren Beatty has always done that shtick, his sort of like, uh, I'm really handsome, stuttering and stammering, uh, sort of like dizzy act. That was sort of his, his thing, one of his shticks when he, when he was in, you know, younger. Um, just so you know that. that. That's always been his thing. Um, but in his prime... Uh, Warren Beatty set the bar so high for actors who aspired to be great, great coxmen, great stickmen. Warren Beatty, the numbers, the folklore, the rumors that still come up, even even as he's 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 heading into his eighties, the rumors about Warren Beatty, the late night stories. I mean. There's scrolls that are still being found. He put up numbers with the women that would make Leonardo DiCaprio blush. Of course, when DiCaprio, who right now is the consummate stick man in Hollywood, but uh, when DiCaprio burst onto the scene with Titanic and his fame and his looks and his disposition, apparently around 96, 97, he was on, on track to catch Warren Beatty, um, these statistics, I shouldn't be sharing them. You talk about leaks, WikiLeaks, and, and leaks to the press, and the Russia of it all. This is information that I've gotten that I could get in trouble, okay, for even discussing. And I'm doing it in a roundabout way. But we're talking about thousands of women, okay? Warren Beatty was up there with thousands of women. Gorgeous, drop dead. All shapes, sizes, and colors, but all gorgeous. He was a dime piece fiend, okay? You know the Nas song, um, uh, the Nas verse, I'm an addict for sneakers, 20s of Buddha and bitches with beepers? He, he lived that, okay? And it was all dime pieces, okay? So to see him at the center of this controversy, I even Ielo'd him. I regretted Ielo'ing Warren Beatty. It wasn't his fault, what happened? It wasn't even Faye Dunaway's fault what happened. They read the wrong fucking thing because the wrong envelope was given to them. I want to give a shout out to the producer of La La Land who shifted on a dime, who was up there giving his speech. His heart was probably racing. And I am thank my mom and thank the Academy and thank everybody who worked on the film. And thank you, Ryan Gosling. And, and what a star you are, despite the fact that you have no lips. Ryan Gosling is one of the great movie stars of our generation, famous white person with zero lips. That says a lot. He's doing so much with so little when it comes to his mouth. Love Ryan Gosling. But that producer, first of all, when that whole shit happened, 
That's the guy you want problem solving in your life. The, the, the guy, I can't remember his name. He's got like the shaved head. He was up there giving his speech and then another guy gave his speech and then there was all the hassle and hustle and, you know, sort of chaos of it all. Somebody whispered something in his ear and then he was like, they won. Moonlight won. Moonlight, you won. This isn't a joke. That is a guy who can produce some shit because basically, you know, a producer, you know, getting a film made is one sort of producing. But when you're on set, it's all about problem solving. Okay, dealing with people and problem solving. And the guy who produced La La Land, the guy who went up there without batting an eye, I would have been like, what the fuck? I don't give a fuck what they said. Yo, you said I won, I won. That's it. Fuck, fuck the other movie. We won. But Homeboy did it cool, he did it classy, and he did it seamlessly. It's not even like, like if, if I had been in that situation, like sort of like this freaky, you know, not a crisis like, you know, major world crisis, but like this sort of, you know, live TV crisis. And someone said, well, you, you, let's say when I won the, uh, the Producers Guild Award for my uh, film that I was fortunate enough to direct, Beach Rhymes in Life. Okay, Producers Guild Award, very, very prestigious award. That night, Brad Pitt, Steven Spielberg, they were all fucking there. They're giving out awards for acting, films, docs, everything. Let's say the night that I won the Producers Guild Award, they said, and the winner for best documentary of whatever it was, Beach Rhymes in Life, directed by Michael Rapper. I get up, oh, shit. You know, holy shit, my heart is racing. You walk up there. And then when I got up there, they were like, hold on, you didn't win. I would have, could imagine me up there doing that. Most other people would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I would have been like, what the fuck are you? And then they would have said, well, blah, blah, blah. I, would say, I, I don't know. You just said me. How could this have happened? Homeboy from La La Land, he didn't bat an eye. And then, of course, Moonlight wound up winning, which was dope. Um, I'm shocked that they won. Because I, I thought it was going to be the other way around. I thought that the directing award was going to go to Barry Jenkins, the guy who did Moonlight, and then La La Land was going to win Best Film. So I was surprised that Moonlight actually won. The crazy thing about it is, like, you know, the, the, the best supporting actress, the best actor, uh, best actress, best director, and best, uh, and best film, they all go out there to present the award. And... You never remember who won Best Actor, who won Best Supporting Actor, who won Best Supporting Actress. But next year, and every year going forward, you will never, ever, ever, ever forget who won the Academy Award in 2017 for Best Film. Moonlight will never be forgotten. And next year at the Oscars, when they say, uh, you know, who Best Picture for 2018, you'll remember that, yeah, last year, Moonlight won it. So although they didn't get their... Their time to do their proper, you know, thank you and have their moment, you know, say, you like me, you like me, you really like me. To quote the great Sally Field, um, nobody will ever forget that Moonlight won uh, Best Picture at this Oscars. Funny thing about Moonlight, apparently a theater in London the next day that's, you know, showing Moonlight, the first three minutes of the film, they, they played La La Land. Which I say that theater in London, well, whoever you are, I like where your head's at. That's <laughs> that's a good sense of humor. Uh, that's fucking funny. Um, what else went down? The OJ doc, Made in America, thirty for thirty, one best documentary, killed it. Um, that was fantastic. I knew, it was like no contest. That was a no contest. All the other films were good. I saw all four of the other films. But that OJ doc will be in the Smithsonian one year, at one point. It's just perfection, 
great filmmaking, compelling story, and it'll be the sort of uh, benchmark of all OJ docs to come. Because there's going to be more and more and more. Because this story ain't over. Uh, Viola Davis, she won Best Supporting Actress. Casey Affleck won Best Actor. Um, you know, he, he, he was cool. And um, who the fuck won Best Supporting Actor? Oh, my man... Mahershala from uh, Moonlight, he won. And Viola Davis, she won uh, Best Supporting Actress. And, and, and Viola's dope. She's a dope actress. But she said something that, that, that I, didn't, I didn't understand in her speech. Um, first of all, Viola Davis, uh, who, again, she's, she's on some Shakespearean-type, you know, greatness um, and, and emotional and compelling in, in, in how to get away with murder and just everything she does. Um, she was getting emotional up there uh, when she was uh, talking about uh, winning the award. And she, at one point, the, the, towards the end of her speech, uh, uh, snot was running down her face, which it was crazy because in her award-winning performance, one of the, her best scenes, snot was running down her face. I just think when Viola Davis cries, snot runs down her face. Uh, but when you see it uh, in real life, it's not as cool as like when you saw it in Fences, which is great. There's so many good movies this year. Fences was great. And, you know, Casey Affleck beat Denzel. Everybody was like, that was the two. You know, it's acting, man. It's not arm wrestling. It's hard to pick an award. It's really, really hard to say whose film, whose performance is better than the other person, who deserves this award. I really believe when it comes to art, referring to movies, TV, music, um, time will tell you what was the best film of the year. Time will tell you what was the best performance of the year. And it's subjective. Different people will remember Casey Affleck's performance. Different people will remember Jeff Bridges' performance more than Mahershala, uh, uh, Mahershala and, and, and so on and so on. You know, I always refer to uh, The Great Raging Bull, which, uh, you know, sometimes I'm in a raging bull, uh, uh, you know, way of life. Um, as great and dark as that movie is, I, I get a lot from it. There's a lot of light, life lessons. But Raging Bull lost to ordinary people in 1980. And then at the end of the 80s, Raging Bull, the consensus uh, by all the film critics was Raging Bull was the best film of the 80s. Uh, 1990, Goodfellas, and just happens to be both Scorsese films, Goodfellas lost to Dances with Wolves at the end of the 90s. Goodfellas was nominee uh, was the consensus by all the film critics as best film of the 90s. So, you know, this was sort of instant classic um, sort of, uh, you know, climate that we live in right now where, you know, you could tweet, be like, yo, it's an instant classic. Yo, this, this is, this is, you know, this is, this is, this, this is that time will tell what the best film of 2016. Technically, it was 2016 Academy Awards, although it was done in uh, February of 2017. Um Going back to Viola Davis, one of her the things that she said in her performance is um, that I thought was like, huh? Is she said I became an artist, um, and thank God I became an artist because we're the only profession that celebrates what it means to live a life. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, Viola Davis? Listen, you're fantastic, you're great, but the only profession to celebrate what it means to win a, uh, to live a life. What about the guy who delivered you? Uh, the doctor who delivered you to uh, your, 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 your mother. What about the, the, the people that are, you know, solving uh, uh, diseases and, and, and world problems? W you know, there's, what about teachers of kids with 
just regular teachers. I mean, they're, they're, they're celebrating what it means to live a life. I mean, there's people that are helping old people, people that are in need and acting is great and it inspires people, but we're not even close to the only profession that celebrates what it means to live a life. I, I get what she was saying, but that's the kind of stuff that when you say it, uh, the rest of the world's like, see, that's why I can't stand these people. They're not, they're living in a bubble. I, I know what she was saying, but she was bugging. Um, anyway, this is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. I'm going to let you listen to this funk. A little funk real quick, because I'm in here solo, going solo on that ass, and it's still the same. See, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Be right back. The I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast is sponsored by Casper Mattress, an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. You could try a Casper mattress for 100 nights risk-free in your home. If you do not love it, they will pick it up and refund you everything. With over 20,000 reviews online and an average of 4.8 stars, Casper is quickly becoming the internet's most popular mattress. They have sheets, they have pillows, they even have doggy beds. Go to Casper.com, save $50 towards any mattress purchased by visiting www.casper.com forward slash Rappaport. Use the promo code Rappaport. Try a Casper mattress 100 nights risk-free in your home. If you don't love it, they will pick it up and refund you everything. Go to www.casper.com forward slash Rappaport. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, so uh, listen, I saw a film the other day called Get Out by this guy Jordan Peele, who if you don't know the name, some people might know the name, might not know the name, you'll definitely know the face, but Key and Peele, the comedy team, I actually, uh, you know, was hip to them when I was doing, uh, hip to him when I was doing, uh, I did an episode or a couple of skits on um, Mad TV. And Key and Peele, I mean, you know, they, they had their movie out in the summer tour, uh, Keanu, about the cat comedy. But Jordan Peele, yo, listen, all I'm going to tell you about this Get Out film, because I haven't really even been able to figure out a way to articulate what kind of film and what was so great about this film. Go to see Get Out. It's bugged the fuck out. Um, it could be called the invasion of the black body snatchers. Um, it could be called, uh, the white girl syndrome synopsis. It could be called the curse of the Kardashians for real. It's not a horror film from, from the commercial. I went to go see get out because I heard it was great. That's all I heard. I had just keep, I kept hearing it's great. You got to see it. But I thought it was like great, like a dark comedy. I didn't know anything about it. It is bogged out. It's totally original. I'm not going to say it's going to get nominated for best film, but it could get nominated for best film. Usually films that come out, you know, in, in, in February and what would you call genre films? They don't get nominated um, like Star Wars. People were pissed off a few years ago when Star Wars didn't get nominated. They just don't nominate those kinds of films. But this film is so important, so original and so powerful and so unique and such a statement on race and society and class um, and it's done in such a unique, subversive, funny, 
totally original way that it could, it could possibly be around towards the end of the year and get a best film uh, nomination. Um, because this dude, Jordan Peele, shut the shit down. His direction's crazy. He wrote it. The acting is great. And I mean, in a nutshell, it's funny because I'm reading reviews about it and like little synopsis about it. this is the kind of film that literally in film class and in social studies class, like in, in social education classes, people will write term papers on Get Out for years to come. That's how fucking unique it is. And in the statements that it, it, it says on race, um, the dude who stars and I never saw him before. I can't pronounce his last name, his last name correct. So I'm, I'm going to fuck it up. His name is Daniel Kalua. It almost looks like Kalua, Kaluye. Excellent. That chick, Allison Williams from Girls. As a little sidetrack, I'm going to keep it 100%. I've talked shit about Lena Dunham, broken her balls. Never discredited her as a, as, as a, as a, as a talent because I know she's very, 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 very talent. But, you know, my issues with her have been some of the issues that other people have had with her. But I'm going to keep it 500. I've watched all three episodes of the final season of Girls, and I can't wait till the fourth episode. So Lena Dunham, if you're out there and, and you're getting wind of this Iron Man Poor Stereo podcast, I keep it fair. I keep it firm. I have talked shit. I have posted pictures that were given to me. I'm not good on Photoshop. Just as a lesson uh, and, and a little a thing out to the people, I am not a Photoshopper. So anything you see with my face Photoshopped or other people's face Photoshopped, let's say uh, a producer's face might be Photoshopped and mashed the fuck up. And usually if you're really ugly regular, when they Photoshop you and mash you up, you're going to look like shit more. But just in general, like there was a, a Lena Dunham photo, uh, picture of her sort of, you know, half nude, no, fully nude, and somebody really brilliantly, I can't remember who it was, um, it might have been my girl Vegas, part of the Rapper Pack, come back to me Vegas, Rapper Pack, um, but my man Mr. Morris is slaying all the Photoshop, but there was, there, there's so many, of we, we got my old school cat, all the fans, the good ones, the bad ones, whatever, if you Photoshop me, Moody, uh, Dean, the young shooter, whatever of it, we, we, we see it all, okay, I'm sidetracking. I don't know where the fuck I was. No, oh, I was saying that there was a Photoshop picture of me on Lena Dunham's body. And, and because we're the same skin tone, it looked crazy. It actually looked like it was me with my ussy out. Okay, it looked fucking nuts. And, and I was popping shit, you know, Lena Dunham this, Lena Dunham that. But I'm going to keep it, keep, it, keep it real, Lena Dunham. I fuck with girls season, uh, the final season. I think it's the sixth season. I love it. I'm enjoying it. And I'm probably going to go back and watch the other stuff. Well, sometimes I get annoyed with the show. I really, really, really do like it. And even though I've broken your balls, you are a talent. I don't know how the fuck I got on this subject. How the fuck did I get on this subject? See, this is what happens when uh, you go on podcasts and solo. And uh, the 2015-2016 podcast co-host of the year is somewhere drinking uh, Mai Tais in Cancun. And, and you can't find them. Oh, the girl from... Uh, girls, Allison Williams, very sort of waspy looking girl. Oh, she's in the movie. She's great. Um, they're, they're all dope. The, the whole cast is just excellent. Um, my man who was in, um, fuck, Jesus Christ, I can't remember the name of these, these actors. They're great actors. And the actress, they're, they're all good. Fuck, what the fuck is that guy's name? Whitford, Bradley Whitford, who, who, who was on, fuck, 
I can't remember his name. I'm not going to remember. Anyway, you know Bradley Whitford and Catherine Keener. She's dope. They're all dope. The movie's dope. And and the funny thing about what I was saying is that all the reviews, and normally this would be like, why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? Um, They all mention that the this lead actor, who I'm not going to say his name right, Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya I'm going to know his name soon because he's going to be a big fucking star and he's a dope actor, Um, who's black. I've never seen him before. I don't know. i never seen him before, but I'm, I'm explaining this because in all the reviews and read-ups and write-ups on the movie, they mention that, um, you know, uh, you know Dan- Daniel Kaluuya's character, um, who's black, uh, uh, and his white girlfriend. Normally, that would be like, why are you saying white? You know, because, you know, they, they, why, why would you bring that up? But race is such a part. You can't talk about this film and not, you can't talk or see this film if you're totally uncomfortable about race cuz it's all about race as much as any other film is it's crazy it's crazy and and basically you know it's like some stepford wives type of like you know um rosemary's baby um I don't even know how to really describe it, but it's just excellent. And, and, and I'm sorry, I'm not explaining it so good, but all I could say is go to see that movie, get out ASAP. Um, and, and I wouldn't even get stoned because I, I I have to imagine Jordan Peele smokes weed because if you go see it, I saw it straight and I felt like I was like doing like shrooms, like in a field somewhere. I was like, what the fuck is this? It's just so bugged. Um, and, and I just can't, uh, uh, recommend it anymore. Um, and, and speak uh, highly about a, a film. I haven't seen a film that's this good and that compelling and that original. To be honest, the last time I saw a film that th- that really sort of sparked me and tripped me out this much, and it's a totally different kind of film, it was that film City of God, um, which is another dope-ass movie, and I, I suggest you go see that movie. If you've never seen it, rent it on iTunes or Netflix. It's dope. It's a Brazilian gangster film um, about coming-of-age film. If you never saw City of God, go watch that shit right away on iTunes. It's excellent, 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 groundbreaking uh, cinematography, groundbreaking filmmaking. Um, so many things have, have been bit from that film um, and it's super dope, but I haven't seen a film that I really was like, I want to see this movie more than once since City of God. And I've seen a lot of films and I've seen a lot of great films, but when I was watching Get Out, I was like, I'm definitely going to see this movie again in the movie theaters and I don't leave my house, people. Okay, I don't leave my house because I'm afraid of the sun. I don't leave my house because I like to watch Real Housewives. I don't leave my house because I'm in here podcasting. I don't leave my house because I watch NBA. Okay, so if I'm going to leave my house, it damn well better be worth it. And if you go to see Get Out, trust me, it'll be worth it. It was a fucking dope ass film. I don't know what else to say. G Moody, last name rhymes with duty. I'm in here sweating, going solo. I got Eli Lake. The political uh, correspondent of the Iron Rapport Serial Podcast coming on. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are in trouble, um, but I feel like they'll persevere. But Jaja Pachulia, uh, who's now part of the Golden State uh, Warriors, uh, the other day he fell back like in the first, I don't know, five or six, seven, maybe ten minutes of the game. I don't fact check. It's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Why would I fact check? He fell on uh, Kevin Durant's foot. Kevin Durant is out indefinitely for four to six weeks. Jaja Pachulia is seven feet, and he wears a mustache. Okay, and there's a lot of things wrong with that to begin with. Jaja Pachulia, shave your fucking mustache. Okay, that's your penalty for hurting the team's 
uh, best player. Arguably his best player. You shave that fucking mustache, number one, because you look like a dick. Number two, you shave that fucking mustache, Jaja Pachulia, because uh, you hurt your best player. And number three, we're going to go back to number one, you look like a fucking asshole. Okay, so until Kevin Durant is back on the court, you need to go face hairless. Okay, Jaja Pachulia, you hurt your best player. You know, I didn't realize the Golden State Warriors have not lost back-to-back games since, like, the middle of the 2015 season. And I know you're going to be like, yeah, but they lost in the finals. I get that. But I just was like, damn, they haven't lost back-to-back games in almost two seasons. And and they might lose back-to-back games. And if they don't have Kevin Durant, I don't see them making it to the finals. Okay, because it's not the same team. Like, first I was like, they'll just do what they did last year. But they gave up a lot of people to get Kevin Durant to make salary uh, space. Festus Azili. Um, they, you know, Bogut's gone. It's not the exact same team. It definitely was an upgrade with Kevin Durant, but without Kevin Durant, you're not going to just be like, oh, we'll do what we've done the past two seasons. So Zaja, Zaja Pachulia, you seven foot klutz you, you shave that fucking mustache. The Knicks are in, uh, they're in a spin. They might as well be at a water park. Uh, every water park has that, that really, really big ride that has the most line to get on that ride. They're, they're on the top of that. That really, really big ride at the water park. And they're just, they're getting ready to take off down the slide. Um, The Knicks are not making the playoffs. Um, Russell Westbrook is a freak of nature. He's got like 31 triple-doubles this season. Okay? Michael Jordan had 28 triple-doubles his entire career. Now, different type of player, um, but... That's that's it. He's got 31 triple doubles just this season. He's going to average, uh, barring uh, injury, a triple double. Um, despite the fact that he's probably the face of the skinny genification of the NBA. And the, the contradictions between Russell Westbrook is he dresses like he's butter soft and plays like he's Iron Mike Tyson in his prime. I fuck with Russell Westbrook. And I've said this once, and I'll say it again. Russell Westbrook... I've met him a couple of times, is about an inch taller than the gringo Mandingo. The most impressive thing about seeing Russell Westbrook up close is how short he is. He's not a big dude. He's a, an inch, only an inch taller than me, the gringo Mandingo. Um, so we're heading down to the, the season. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen, and it's going to happen fast. Um, it's going to get exciting, and it's going to get exciting fast. And then... You know, after basketball season, you got about two weeks off, and, and then what are we doing? <laughs> we start mock drafting. That's what we start doing, because then you got to get ready for fantasy football. The year is just beginning. This is my favorite time of the year. We got the NCAA tournament. We got the NBA playoffs coming. You take a couple of weeks off to, to, to decompress from the, from the NBA finals, and then we got the fucking mock drafting of fantasy football. Okay, it's going to be fantastic. <clears throat> what else? You know what, Miles? Do me a favor. I'm in here solo. Uh, it's the Gringo Mandingo Cometh. Let me get some of that sick fuck of the week music. This award is earned, not given. It's called the sick fuck of the week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. You fucked the dog? You what? You fucked the dog? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What? Sick fuck. The sick fuck of the week. It's earned. Earned. 
Not Kevin. You did what? No. 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 Um, I'm going to get into some sick fucks right quick. All right, if you've never listened to the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, the Sick Fuck of the Week is an award that is earned, not given. Um, it's given to uh, somebody with a certain je ne sais quoi, a certain charisma, a certain, um, I don't know, a certain special, special quality. Um, and th- this is going out, this person hasn't been caught, but in El Salvador, okay, San Salvador, El Salvador, it, it, that country is is in despair. There's violence um, you know, there's gangs, there's just, that country is imploding, okay, and, and, and I can't even imagine uh, what it's like to, to, to live under that uh, uh, kind of uh, circumstances, but somebody or a couple of people broke into the National Zoo and killed Gustafito. Gustafito is a harmless, beloved national treasure. Gustafito is the hippopotamus at the National Zoo. These people went in there and they beat a hippopotamus to death. These are some sick fucks. How? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you do that to Gustafito? Why would you break into a, uh, into a National Zoo and kill a fucking hippopotamus? A beautiful, beautiful animal. Okay, now, uh, I don't understand that. This one really, like, I was like... This might not even be qualified for sick fuck of the week because I was so upset by this. I don't understand. Like, do, do, do that to yourself. Hit yourself with a hammer. I don't understand why would you, why would you break into a, a zoo? You don't have anything better to do? Go steal some sodas? Rob a fucking bank. You're going to go uh, break into a zoo and kill Gustav Fito, a fucking harmless elephant? You, when you get caught, in El Salvador, you sick fucks. You killed, you killed Gustafito. Crazy shit is, in Tunisia, some people broke into that zoo and killed a fucking crocodile. I'm not making this shit up. The Belvedere Zoo in the capital city, they threw rocks at the crocodile and killed the crocodile. I mean, I don't know what the fuck is going on with people, man. I don't know what the fuck is going on with people. I don't understand why they would kill a hippopotamus in a zoo and kill a crocodile in a zoo. Go fuck yourself. Get some... I don't know what... what, Why would you do that? These two, these two people, when you get caught, okay, we should baseball bat you and throw rocks at you, you fuck, you sick fuck you. All right. This is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, and as promised, I'm about to get my man Eli Lake... The unofficial official political correspondent for the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Writes for Bloomberg. Very well respected. He got a shout out from Donald Trump this year. Anyway, this is my man Eli Lake. I'm going to help. Hopefully he could help us, me, and the world collectively understand what the fuck is going on in Russia. Yo. Yo, Eli. What's up? Turn up the bass and let the beat keep on rocking. And we out. Ha. Eli Lake, how are you, my man? Oh, man, it's been a whirlwind, hasn't it? Yeah, man, it's been a whirlwind. It's been a whirlwind. I, 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 uh, this last week, even starting into uh, the, the weekend, uh, half a week before, I, I, I had to sort of just be, give myself a, a, a 
politics break because you get so entrumped in it. But I'm I'm here all week, folks. Um, <laughs> and and you know, I just had to go. I just gotta like take a few days off. And when you just when you think you're taking a few days off, and it, it sort of you know evening out, something else happens. It doesn't. I mean, I thought that what happened at the Oscars was one of those things we're going to remember for fifty years. And then Trump started up again. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like, can't that carry us to Friday? Can't can't right. that be the news, <laughs> the front page news for like, give it a few days? You know, it, it's like, can't can't the people from Moonlight they didn't get to do their Oscar speech? Can't we just give them at least till let's say Thursday to have some shine? Now, now let me just let me just ask you about this. I, I know you know my questions are sort of all over the place. The only thing that I know about Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Okay, I I didn't know anything about him until a couple of months ago, and I just know he was a famous white politician with no lips. Okay, that's all I knew. What has happened? Why are we fucking with Russia? Like, are we like, like, do we go on double dates with with their people? Like, I don't get why there's so much involvement whether it's good bad legal or not legal like why are we spending so much time when i say we our politicians our attorney generals what what's going on in russia like what is the deal like why are we hanging out with these people okay so the backdrop of this is that the russians hacked democrats and leaked the emails the private emails of john podesta and other senior Democratic officials right before the election. And that did not probably, I mean, there are a lot of reasons why Trump won the election and you can't say it was because of that. Right. But it was, you know, it was a cyber crime. It was a pretty serious effort to to meddle in our politics. And just so you know, on the, on the, in the, in the shadow world and in cyber, the Russians have been fucking with the United States for years. And if you go back to the Soviet Union, you can go, it's probably 50, 60 years that they have tried to influence in different ways our politics through the KGB and now the modern uh, spy services there. But in this particular case, it was pretty brazen. And it's part of a larger Russian strategy to influence the internal politics of American allies in Europe and Asia. And this is something that they've done in places that used to be part of the Soviet Union, like Georgia, the Baltic states. Uh, They're now doing it in Poland. There's a lot of concern about Russian attempts to try to influence things with fringe parties in France and also the upcoming German elections. But now they've done they, they did have some influence in the American election. So that's the backdrop of it. And what everybody wants to know is, did anyone in the Trump campaign or people around Trump collude and cooperate and have contacts with Russians who, as they were doing this, and it gets very, very murky. And I don't even say murky. That's not the right word. It's actually, it's a very tough call because someone like Mike Flynn, the national security advisor who resigned and was less than a month on that job uh, that we last spoke about. Yep. He's supposed to talk to the Russian ambassador in the transition period. He's talking to lots of ambassadors. And when Jeff Sessions, who's the attorney general, when he was a senator, when he was and on wait, the wait, let me let me stop you for a second. Yes. Just because I, you know, it's like this is one of these things where it's like the only 
Bad question is the one you don't ask. Attorney yeah, general means what? He's the number. He's okay. So he's the in charge of the Justice Department and technically the FBI. Mm-hmm. But the FBI is is, is many, in many ways an independent agency. But he is the top law enforcement official. So all of the U.S. attorneys who prosecute criminals ultimately report to him. Gotcha. And he is the one who decides the law enforcement strategy of the federal government, which is extremely important and very powerful. Got you. Okay. I mean, and, and also, I mean, you could also say that part of the Justice Department and the Attorney General is also determines whether what the government does is legal or not and defends the government when people sue it in court. But it's a very important job. All right. Um, so when Jeff Sessions was a senator from Alabama, he was on the Armed Services Committee. And when he was on the Armed Services Committee, he met with the Russian ambassador. Again, that in and of itself is not incriminating or improper. If Lots of senators meet with ambassadors, including the Russian ambassador, all the time. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that he was a number one Trump surrogate, but even more suspicious when he was asked, not did you ever meet with any Russians? He was asked, what would you do as attorney general if you found out that Trump uh, associates or people in the Trump campaign had met with Russians. He said, I haven't heard that. Uh, this is news to me. And I myself, I guess you could say I'm a surrogate and I've never met with any Russians when clearly he did. The Washington Post first reported that in September he had a meeting with Ambassador Kislyak, the Russian ambassador in Washington. And why did he say he never met with any Russians when clearly he did? And also, he, I think he had a brief meeting during the Republican convention because the ambassador was there as well. Now, he says today that he thought he, was, he wasn't meeting with him in his capacity as a surrogate for the Trump campaign, but as a senator. But still, if you watch from that confirmation hearing less than a month ago, it's hard, it, it, it seems like he just lied. And it's hard to credit how did he forget that. And it seems to be that Trump and the people around him are always – not remembering meetings they've had with Russia, Russians. And that's the thing is that there's nothing improper really about what Flynn uh, meeting with the the Russian ambassador. And it's not even improper to necessarily talk about sanctions, but he said he didn't. And then they found out that he did. Mm -hmm. And then finally, Trump himself seems to only have wonderful things to say about Vladimir Putin. And that is just bizarre. Because Vladimir Putin is one of, you know, he's a, he's a menacing, predatory autocrat. And it's crazy for an American president, as he did on the O'Reilly show, you know, on the Super Bowl weekend, to say that he was basically no different than American presidents. Mm-hmm. We've killed, they've killed. And that's like that. I, I mean, I blasted him on that. So all of this is extremely suspicious. And it's compounded by the fact that, you know, you, when, you're on these, when you're being confirmed to be the attorney general, you're the number one law enforcement man. You can't lie in your testimony. So that's what this whole this is. That's what this latest part of the scandal is all about. OK, that makes sense. Now, where do we go from here? When are the golden shower tapes coming out? Have you seen them? <laughs> do you know anybody that has seen them? Because I was saying earlier that, you know, when that first came out, it's like, you know, let's say people that were anti-Trump, they're like, I want to see it. I want it to happen. I want it to bury him. And then, but there's part of you going, there's no way this could actually exist. But the closer we right. get to, and the crazier things get, you're like, this didn't maybe probably come out of nowhere. Like these tapes might, you know, like in, in basic terms, it's like, 
like you said, he's being so sort of over complimentary. He's going out of his way to to compliment uh, Russia. Not in, a, in and not he a doesn't pol- compliment anyone else. That's the other thing. Is that Trump is like the America. Like he's the Don Rickles president, right? Right. Like he's he's out there just just he's calling CNN fake news. It's like everybody's got a lot except when it comes to Putin. What's that about? Exactly. He's the only one he's got something nice to say. And you're like, well, the reason why he might be kissing up to him is because there might be some no-no tapes. That's neither here nor there. You're a professional. It's like, it's like if, if, if Trump is Don Rickles, then it's like Putin is Frank Sinatra. Exactly. He's running the Rat Pack. Now, now, right. <laughs> what was the, the question I was going to say is, well, where where do we go from here? Like, when is this going to end or is it just never going to end, Eli? And I know you're not you, you can't predict things. You you know, you, it's not like you're, you're going to, you know, I'm uh, not Gerald Moody. No, you're not G. Moody, who, by the way, can't be on G. the Moody. phone. I'm not going to predict that. No, he, he he's he's actually in Cancun resting from the, a lot, his last few predictions, which were totally off. So he's in Cancun on, on, on one of his first vacations in a long time because, as we know, um, since the Trump prediction, which was fantastic, he's been off in sports and, and just, you know, across the board. So I think he's down there just regrouping. So that, that's why he's not on I feel on like this. Moody is going to be able to dine off that Trump prediction for a while. He's going to definitely. That the Trump prediction is going to be something that, at least for the next two presidents, he's always going to be able to go back to that. Like, if you're a gambling man and you ask him who's going to win the Super Bowl, he'll have something to say. And then, like, in probably eight to ten years, they'll be like, okay, you did the Trump thing, but you haven't given me anything right since then. <laughs> <clears throat> but, but, but that being said, like... When is this going to settle? Is it not going to settle? Um, is, it, is it just inevitable that people are going to go for impeachment? Is it valid to go for impeachment? Like, you know, you're in Washington. This is what you do, right? This is what you do for a living. Obviously, you speak to other people. Like, I mean, and I, again, you can't predict the future like G. Moody claims to be able to do. But what, what, what do you think is going to happen by the end of this year, let alone the next two or three years? All right, so so a couple points. Um, you're not going to be able to get impeachment until at least 2019, when if they, because because the Congress would have to, the Democrats would have to win at least the House, and then they could begin the impeachment process. But as long as Republicans are in charge, something really dramatic would have to happen for Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House, to allow that to go through. So let's just so that's this is politically not going to happen. As I said, unless, you know, you start to really see more and more of the scandal build. But in the meantime, the attorney general, Jeff Sessions, has recused himself, meaning he is no longer going to have anything to do with whether or not to prosecute whatever comes of the FBI and intelligence community investigation on this broader question of the Russian efforts to influence the election and any connections between the Trump campaign and people close to that campaign and Donald Trump and the Russians. So wait, so what do you mean by that? He's taking himself out of the equation, but what if, what if a third party's like, no, 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 not so fast, Mr. Uh, Famous white politician with no lips. Uh, uh, Hold on. Let me talk to you over here. Um, Can they, can they investigate him? Can, can the FBI, can the CIA? That's the thing. We don't, we don't know. There was a Wall Street Journal story that said that they looked at these contacts. But before everybody gets excited about this, 
it's not illegal to meet with the Russian ambassador if you're a senator. It's not illegal. You can meet with the, I've met with the Russian ambassador. I've met with Ambassador Kislyak. And I'm certainly not a, you know, stooge of the Russians. So that alone is not going to, that alone doesn't sink anybody. The problem is, why did you say you didn't meet with any Russians when you did? Right. So what are you covering up and, and why would you conceal that? Or maybe you did forget, but if you forgot that, this, I mean, it's, I don't know. It did not oh, yeah, right. If you forgot, then you're senile and then you shouldn't be doing this anyway. Well, that's a lot of Democrats are saying that today. Right. So I don't that, think he is right. senile, though. I think he I think I don't think he is senile. No, I don't think he's senile. So what, I, it's like, what, what's going on with that? And like, you know, one, I talked to one person today on the, on, in the Senate and they were telling me, well, you know, you, you have so many meetings, you forget that one. And he was thinking he was talking about something else. All right. But like, that would make more sense if you weren't a senator for 25 years. You know what I mean? Like he, he had, he's been on the other side of that hearing. He knows how that game is played, mm-hmm. right? And you're supposed to correct the record and everything. So it's weird that he doesn't remember. So as I said, right now we're in suspicion. We've got smoke. So what's the fire? I would just say before everybody gets like going down this road, the best argument I've ever heard for if Donald Trump was really a Russian agent, then why would he be so blatant in praising Putin, which is adding to the suspicion? If you really were a Russian agent, if you were the Manchurian or the Siberian Mm. candidate, what you would you would you would lay in the cut. Mm-hmm. You would sound like everybody else, and mm-hmm. then you would like secretly do this thing, and nobody would suspect, right? You wouldn't draw draw attention to the fact by being unlike every other politician ever and saying Vladimir Putin's terrific. You know, I'd love to get along with him. He's a strong leader. He's better than Obama. You wouldn't. You would be like, I condemn all these things because deep down, you know what I mean. Like they would know that you got to keep that bubbling pretty quietly no, I got before you. you got into the Oval Office. Why you know bring attention to it? Right. So that's another thing that doesn't really make sense. The other thing I would say, and just in, in, in sort of the defense of Trump here, is that we know that this particular effort to fuck with Hillary and influence the election started before anybody believed that Donald Trump was going to be president or even a serious candidate. So this thing started, um, you know, before Trump was really on the scene. And it may have improvised as they were going or there were made some, some contacts, but it wasn't like they picked him back in the day and they said, okay, in 2016, you're going to run and you're going to beat all the Republicans. I mean, nobody could have predicted that. Mm-hmm. So, that so, so I don't think that's what happened here. But is it possible that, you know, he wins the nomination and they reach out to the Russians and the Russians are like, well, we, you know, just between us, we hacked these emails and we'll give you a heads up. I mean, that may very well have gone down. And if so, that's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And now, now to but be, it's not a, you know, I'm just trying to put it in perspective. No, like, I, I you know. hear you. Now, now you said to be fair to Trump, and and I really think that you know everybody's sort of digging their heels into the I, I I can't stand Trump. I'm a Trump supporter. You're a snowflake. You're a this. Right. And 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 there's like it's not even now like Republicans and Democrats. It's in some other level of a, a different area. That's I think in as far as I I know, and I don't know much. I'm self proclaimed uh, know nothing. Where do Trump supporters like, you know, this whole thing about fake news, which for some reason, Trump didn't tweet out that this Jeff Sessions things was fake news. And, and you know, like he, there's not a peep from him defending this Jeff Sessions thing. But 
what what, did, what what when he says fake news and this is fake and the New York Times sucks and Eli Lake uh, uh, I, I tweeted you out but what you do sucks and everybody sucks it's all fake. What do the people that think those things are fake read? Like I like to read. It's like reading. It's like the Bill Belichick way of life. Like I want to read the enemy's playbook. So what are the other? <laughs> what are the alternative things to read? Like if you if you're a liberal but you want to understand the non-liberal sort of point of view, what do you read? What's not fake news? What what would Trump say is well, not they, fake okay, news? Okay, so so let's start with Breitbart. A oh, fuck and that. This is the fifth anniversary of Andrew Breitbart's death, and I have to say, I knew Andrew Breitbart. The, the, the site has gone in a very different direction since he died five years ago. Uh. Um, but his site was the publisher was Steve Bannon. Now Steve Bannon is the second most powerful man in the world, right? So Shit. that's right there. Start with Breitbart because they're pretty connected. And then I would say Newsmax is another website that's pretty popular among the Trump crowd. Um, and Chris Ruddy, who is the president of Newsmax, has has uh, a relationship with Trump. I think he just met with him like this week. Um, those are the two big daily caller. Um, I think they like the daily caller. They read the Washington examiner or they're at least the reporters. They have the reporters in the Washington examiner seem to have some access. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is element to the right wing press, but I, you know, I started off with a paper called the New York sun, which was conservative in New York. But, you know, I don't think, you know, the people who came from the New York sun are throughout the liberal media now. And I mean, we were a very different kind of, newspaper operation, I think, in some ways um, than, than that. And there's just a huge divide, I think, because of Facebook in general. And, and people just kind of go into their, their silos, and they get a lot of news just on their social feeds. And sometimes that stuff, as we know, can just be total bullshit. Right. And that's not from a particular news operation. That's just like some Macedonian teenager or some Russian agent putting out some fake news and that goes crazy, Right. And, so, and, no, I was going to say, and what about this this whole thing with the briefings, these news briefings, um, uh, and that that they're sort of not letting certain uh, 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 news organizations into the briefings? Is that allowed? Is, is, is you know, like, are they allowed to do that? And is that true? Well, there's a version of this that happens all the time. Like the president will invite a group of columnists, and he won't invite everybody in to talk about a speech he's going to give. Um there's certainly kind of planned leaks where the white house will tell you about something and they won't tell everybody else, or they'll tell a group of reporters about something. What was different this time was that in lieu of the daily briefing, uh, Sean Spicer, the, 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 the press secretary invited a few outlets into his office, but he didn't invite, I think the New York times the CNN Buzzfeed and you know, the, the, the mainstream outlets that Trump doesn't like. And, I think that the, the, that story is largely a distraction. I don't know if you've ever watched those press conferences with the press secretary, mm-hmm. but in my view, it's that's just like, for the most part, it's my fellow journalists trying to get on television mm. and ask a question a certain way. And, and it's Sean Spicer sort of like, you know, dueling with them or whoever's doing it. Like, and it's just sort of a pageantry, mm. but it's not in my view, like serious journalists. So if they didn't, if they did away with a daily briefing, I don't necessarily think the Republic would suffer. Um, but what matters really is that you want the White House to give to put out, you know, as much responsible information that's not fake as possible. And you want them to have to be having a policy where there is a lot of open access. So when they promulgate regulations or 
you know, issue executive orders or proclamations and such. You want to be able to see that and ask people questions about what it means. So you can just say, well, the government did this today because it's our government. We, the, you know, for us as a democracy. And uh, if so, so we have to see is, is, is the Trump administration going to be radically less transparent or less open than most modern presidencies. And so far they just, incompetent right they're not like doing the things that you need the government to do i got you um but it, it also sort of show that tendency too and it's also not it's not a good look when the president says that me and my you know, people in the media are the enemy of the people that's nuts you know like give me a break i agree i agree because it's trying I to make that. It like i mean i don't like that and it's just like i hate, i hope he tones that down because he he's the last one to say that he loves the media he's obsessed with us he loves you know? it like he he loves it he's just he's that's, I think that's all he does is watch cable news. Yeah, right? I, I, I agree. Yeah, watch cable news and listen to the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast. Oh, it would be so great if you listen. To, I'm sure you probably we would love it. Because <laughs> you he's got you guys are the first to be like, he's got that New York swagger. That's true. He got that shit down. He got it down in spades. That shit talking New York swagger. Yep. And Hillary never had it. Nope. 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 And here we are. All right, cool, Eli. This was good. I appreciate it. It's informative. I, I really, you know, think it's important. You know, I encourage people to uh, ask questions and, and and not be ashamed, even like when you're like, "What is an attorney general?" Because I don't. I think that we take these things for granted, and you know, I think whether you agree, don't agree, ask questions and, and to kin- continue to everybody to, to educate yourself and be be aware. Keep your head on a swivel. Yo, Eli, where can people read your stuff? Where can they find you to, to follow up on what you're doing when you're not here on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast? Okay, so the easiest thing is to just Google my name and you'll see my author page at Bloomberg come up. And you'll see, like, my, you'll see I have a bunch of author pages in the places I've worked. But mainly, if you just Google me, usually you'll see. And also on my Twitter, which is E-L-I-L-A-K-E, I just put my stuff out there. And a lot of I am Rappaport people, I follow them back. I All follow right. the Rappapack. Yeah, the Rappapack is, is is a good, tenacious, loyal Definitely. Um, uh, crew. All right, Eli, I appreciate this information. I appreciate you you, you know you coming on the show. Next time uh, you come on, G Moody will be uh, rested, tanned, and ready, uh, ready to make predictions uh, to the world. Uh, uh, with you and um, you know and I'll talk to you soon my man all right my man thank you all right Eli I'll talk to you soon thank you yo all soft ass I am Rappaport stereo podcast t-shirts are available at districtlines.com forward slash I am Rappaport we got the five star stereo podcast tee the I am Rappaport stereo podcast zip up and pullover hoodies the full Iverson t-shirt the Stickman T-shirt collection, the I Don't Fact Check, the Hard Body Karate T-shirt for men and women. Go to districtlines.com forward slash I am Rappaport. Yo, the people have spoken. We are a five-star podcast. We've even got soft-ass T-shirts to prove it. Anytime you hear something on the I Am Rappaport podcast that is five-star worthy, go to iTunes and give us five-star reviews. You could do it as many times as you want. Leave us a review. We see everything. Ask a question. ILO us. Whatever you want. Hit up iTunes. Give us a review. The good, the bad, the indifferent, whatever you want. We want to take over iTunes. They still don't show us the love we deserve. All right. What can I say? That's my man Eli Lake, uh, Bloomberg reporter, official, unofficial Political correspondent of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Um, yo, I got this watch. I'm not really a watch dude, 
But when we were down in New Orleans, Tissot, T-I-S-S-O-T, I haven't worn a watch since my kids were really young because uh, when they were when I was carrying them, when they had diapers, they would get caught on the diapers. And then if they had like a shit diaper, the shit diaper would get caught on my watch. But now I'm back to rocking a watch. So I want to thank the people down there uh, in New Orleans, the Tissot people, T-I-S-S-O-T, who hooked them up with this dope watch. I'm back to wearing a watch. I look good. I feel good. And, and if you want to have a good time, you got to have a good watch. Um, what else? Yo, the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast is a worldwide phenomenon. Um, the Golden State Warriors uh, uh, have lost the f- two games for the first time in I don't know how long. Um, that's it, man. We're done. We're having fun. We've got plenty more to come. Uh, that rhymed. I didn't even do it on purpose. Um, you can check uh, out the TuneIn app. Yo, we got a dope show with Kenyon Martin, the two-man weave. We're interviewing all sorts of people talking all NBA on TuneIn, the two-man weave every Wednesday on the TuneIn app. Forget forget just sports. I, we talked about it before. All the music, all the podcasts, all the audio books, radio stations all over the country, anything you want to hear, listen in your car, and, and Major League Baseball, NFL, NCAA, the tournament's coming up on TuneIn. And every Wednesday, 5 to 7 Eastern, me and Kenyon Martin and friends and guests, the Confrontational 2, are on TuneIn. I love doing it. Kenyon is my man. You heard his podcast. He keeps it rough, rugged, and raw. Um, that's it. I'm done. Thank you to Eli Lake. It's been a fun episode. And uh, everybody, uh, you know, cool out. Because I'm a stick man. I'm a stick man. Yeah. She wanna see me even though I barely know it. She heard me on I Am Rappaport, then invited me over. I told her I'm on my way. After this rum and so showed up, she's on the sofa, only wearing a choker. I'm not bluffing. I poke her face and say I'll be back. If she don't bring that A game, I'm going with that B plan. I said I'm in the rabbit pack. She asked me where my team at. Hollywood, the young shooter Dean is my wingman. If we match, believe that it's safe to say what game it is. Take a risk. I'm putting up numbers in my play to win. The way I live, my game is on point. I always make it in. Percentages are high, kind of like Will Chamberlain. Hey, I'm a stick man. Where's your chick at? I'm on it. If I'm with her, then you hit her up. She might not call back. In the mood from a moody beat. You know where I got that? The I Am Rapper Poor Stereo Podcast. Stick man. Yeah. Cause I'm a stick man. Yeah. Cause I'm a stick man. I'm a stick man. Yeah. Cause 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 I'm a stick man. Yeah.